Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host Dr. Stephen Platt, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, we are watching 12 Angry Men. <laughs> 12, that's right. Watch them go, Ugh, get out of here. <laughs> Move it, Charlie. <laughs> Yes, uh, 12 Very Angry Men, uh, and I really hope one of them says Chowderhead. We'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, yes, it's the cinematic classic from 1957, which means that it's turning 65 years old. Oh. Yes, I know, it's old enough to retire. So as we uh, wish it bon voyage as it goes off into the sunset, I'm joined by someone who has seen the film before and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, and I'm hoping not an angry man, it's Patrick Downs. No, hi Steve, I'm a very chill man. You certainly are. Um, welcome to 2022. Thank you. Um, I, I know you've been... It's great <laughs> to be here. <laughs> you've, been, you've been doing stuff in it for three months already, I'm aware. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. in yeah, terms yeah. of the podcast, welcome. Yeah. Uh, just for the folks at home, who are you, Patrick, and what do you do? Um, I'm Patrick, and hi. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? No, I mean, I study, I, I act a bit here and there. Mm-hmm. Twelve Angry Men. Twelve Angry Men. Um, you have not seen this film, Patrick. Nope. Uh, what, 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 what are you expecting? I'm expecting... Um, a bunch of angry dudes. Mm-hmm. It's a good start. Yep. Um, no, I don't know anything about this movie at all, other than it's a legal courtroom drama, mm. presumably more of a jury room type drama rather mm. than even a courtroom drama. Mm. But that's it. That's it. I know the the lead is. Nope, I've even forgotten who the lead is. <laughs> I know he's some famous old guy. So Yes, no, you are correct. It is some famous old guy. <laughs> Luckily, though, we have someone who has seen the Great. film and uh, also, hopefully not an angry man, it's Kate Willoughby. Hello, I'm a frustrated female. Ooh. No, I'm not. I'm just, I'm a person. Yes, you certainly are, Kate. Um, uh, just for the folks at home, who are you, Kate? And what do you do? Um, So, my name's Kate. Nice to meet you. Uh, welcome back to Stephen's podcast. Uh, I uh, I do theatre. I go to um, I I go to schools. Um, help kids with through the art of drama. Um, I also do a bit of improv with Improv D and D with Stephen. Um, and I do a bit of comedy. I'm mm. I do stand up comedy now. Apparently. People want to hear it and occasionally laugh. Well, yeah. my understanding is you had a, a joke nominated for the joke of the fringe or, or words to that effect. Yeah, I did. I didn't know. I didn't know, and mm. I forgot about it the a season. I, and I didn't go to the, the event because I've got such a bad memory. Mm. I and I saw. I didn't win, and I was mm. like, thank God. Uh, <laughs> but also, I was like, I don't know what the joke was. Oh, see, so they, they didn't tell you. They, I was wasn't, say, it tell wasn't, it right now. It wasn't listed on the on the thing of like what the joke and punchline was. Mm. So I have no idea. Maybe it's my netball joke. I think that always gets a good laugh. Mm. But I I don't know. Just like joke, Kate's a few Willoughby. Mm. Um, and I was like, I I don't know. If if you don't mind, would you share the netball joke with us? Just so we have some context for for what level of humour is getting those noms. Oh, um, yes. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. And Patrick, I'll ask you to teach a twelve point lesson plan shortly as well, just to be fair. Um. Oh, uh, what was it? Oh no, panic. Uh, okay. So no. Um. Oh. So the context um is my my sexuality. So mm-hmm. um I'm bisexual. Um, I'm recently coming out, and the joke is just um that so far dating for me as a bisexual woman um is like a game of netball because it's a non-contact sport. Um, I just spend all of my time staring at women, screaming, Who's your name? 
But okay. Yeah. Yes. I hope it is that um, one because that yeah. is that is superb. Yeah, that's like that's a bit of that's the one that gets the big laughs, and then I do mm. a you know the whole and just like netball, if you want to play, you have to cut your nails. Mm. Um, that's a reference to. To what? To what? Kate? To what? <laughs> to fingering. That's. Oh, yes. <laughs> I I was like, can I? Yeah, you can. You whatever. can. You, Look, if you want to talk about finger banging on this podcast, I don't know that I can stop you. I can censor it later. Yeah, that's But I can't true. stop you right now. The yeah. amount of stuff I've said on this podcast over years <laughs> that you've cut out. Like, I've oh. listened back to episodes going, he cut out that whole bit where I talked about whatever. Yeah, yeah. there's a reason for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, that's it, yeah. Because we were watching Bambi or whatever the film was, and I went, I don't know that that's necessarily <laughs> part of it. Yeah, most of my, there's a, always a huge section of, of where Stephen is like, well, Kate's on. Looks like I'm going to be bleeping most yeah. of this because it's just like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah. There was that whole bit where I accused Donald Trump of having someone assassinated. I remember that. Yeah. He cut out all of that. Well, yeah, he, he, what has that got to do with Bambi? That's the it real wasn't question. Bambi. It wasn't Bambi. Sure it was Back something. to the Future but yeah, 2 was on there. It would have been Back to the Future. Also, he was a sitting president. Now he isn't. Go for it. Donald Trump has almost certainly had at least one person assassinated. Okay. Oh, it feels good. That's Patrick Downs, everybody. Um, Kate. Yes. You have seen this film. I have. Um, what, what can you tell us about it? Still best a, cut that bit out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what can you tell us about it in a vague, non-spoilery sort of way? Um, vague, non-spoilery way. Um, you are pretty. Yeah, you are on point. It's um, in the jewelry room. So you, it's only, and that's what was really good about, interesting about it, is that it's it's set in the room. You don't you don't see the courthouse. It's always it's just based in the mm. room, um, and they are deciding whether um, someone is guilty. Uh, of murder mm. uh, I think it, yeah there we go uh, but it was uh, so pretty much if they go to jail it's um, it's forever or it's a death sentence because I can't remember the because it's been a couple of it's been a couple of years since I've watched it but yeah. it's it's so it's this that's what the whole film is about these 12 these 12 people on a jury that have to decide the fate of uh, of um, of someone and again you never meet that person either because they're in the jury room so they've got yeah. evidence and photos and it's so it's very dialogue heavy and like all the characters um and again memory absolutely terrible but um the one of the famous men is um jane fonda's dad um mm. such a fonda henry such and such fonda um that shows my generation Don't such and such henry fonda but it's MD. one of those things where i'm part of the generation where i'm like yeah jane fonda's dad well obviously he was he's you know. Yeah, no, that, yeah. that's entirely fair. Um, um, yeah, and it is, it is quite a, a good cast of actors we probably don't know but should. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's... It's, it's dialogue heavy uh, and it's just very uncharacter based and about their opinions and what they have to say. Um, and obviously um, it starts off, because that's the whole film, is that um, everyone thinks he's guilty except one. And it's about unreasonable doubt. So that's, I think it was caused. So that means that everyone's angry because there was one person that goes, I don't, I think non-guilty. And that's how the movie starts. And it goes from there. Um, And that's all you need to know about it. Um, But yeah, I think I watched it in uni um, because it's, you know, an old black and white film, you know? Um, uh, So it was, I think it was that. And I missed Citizen Kane, which I have watched with you now. So I think there's like a couple of movies at uni or in high school where they're like, Twelve Angry Men, mm. Citizen Kane, uh, probably I don't know something else. Mm. Um, uh, Blade Runner is one that I Blade find. Runner gets picked a lot yeah, if they start like, looking really? at that. Yeah, for yeah. science fiction, um, yeah. it's one that comes up quite a lot, um, and also because all the people that teach in those units were like young when it oh, came oh, out. Oh, uni, you mean? Yeah, so I thought you meant high school stuff. Um, we definitely didn't watch it. No, high school no. was the Matrix. 
Yeah. <laughs> Slightly yeah, from... Yeah. English... We watched The Matrix 3 when I was in high school. I, yeah, we watched all of them for, like, English. And also, I went to a Catholic school, um, uh, Sister Act 2, ah. specifically. Because um, <laughs> it was based in a high school, like, school singing. Right. So, yep. um, yeah. Um, and also Prince of Egypt. Oh, yeah. That's... What a banger. Yeah. I also remember vividly, we watched Riding in Cars with Boys at two separate times when I was in high school. Riding mm. in Cars with Boys, yes. I don't, I, I guess it was in health and it they showed it been. to us two years running about teen pregnancy. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. no. Yeah. Um, no, I watched um, oh, Two Sir with Love. Um, in It's a Sydney Portier film mm. and it was in English and they showed us that and not... Oh, it was Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? And then they Ooh. showed um, uh, Two Sir with Love. and um, But it was in class. So both times this teacher was like, here we go. Oop. And we're done. And I'm like, so yeah, the first time I watched um, both of those films, we didn't get to see the end. And we're like, go and see it tomorrow. She's like, no. And I was like, what was the point? So, uh, so I actually had to buy the, the was, DVDs the, from the yeah. video store so I could actually see these two freaking films yeah. finish. The point was your English teacher may have had a hangover. I think that's, that's yeah, what the point that's, may have been. Looking back, yeah, that's exactly what it was. Okay, well, enough slander. Sorry. Uh, shall we watch yeah. 12 Angry Men? Yes. Let's do it. Okay, for those of you sitting Let's at home. In session. <laughs> For those of you uh, sitting at home, popping those DVDs, load up those streaming services and prepare to sit down and try and separate the facts from the fancy as we watch 12 Angry Men. You're out of order. Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching 12 Angry Men. And by we, I, of course, mean my special guests, Kate Willoughby. Hello. And Patrick Downs. Hello. Uh, Patrick, that was your first time watching 12 Angry Men. Yep. What did you think? I thought it was great. Mm. Imagine that. Imagine one of the best movies, considered one of the best movies of all time, was actually good. Um, yeah. No, it was really, it was really fantastic. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I... I don't have much to say other than that at the moment. Okay, um, but in terms a... of my initial initial reaction, yeah, no, it was yeah. really fantastic. Not a not a really it's quite you know it's hour and a half, which hmm. so it rockets along. Hmm. Not a dull moment. All the performances were brilliant. Hmm. Um, I'd love. I was thinking the whole time I said I would love to see. I'm sure there has been a stage adaptation. Yeah. I would there love was, to see it. There was a stage adaptation. I know again we're in Perth, Western Australia. I know there was a stage ad, stage adaptation done of Twelve Angry Men in the not too distant past because most of the male actors that we know are above the age of fifty get cast in it. Um, uh, yeah. So I'm pretty sure Carrie Hudson was in it. Right. Um, and yes, yeah. I, yeah, actually, now as soon as you said that, yep, that yeah, comes and flooding back. And yeah. it is it is a show that gets done a lot at uh, sort of like your. Uh, amateur theatrical societies mm. because yeah. it's a brilliant script it's yeah. fantastic yeah, yeah. And, and like the, the story is extremely well set up you only have to have one set yeah. <laughs> which is yeah. very important for amdram you know yeah. it's um uh, the costume or maybe like one little corner that represents the bathroom if they want to do that yeah. scene yeah, like, you could have, like the, or like they could the just split, do it at the water cooler like yeah. it's very simple yeah yeah no, yeah no actual bathroom activities happen they just went in there to splash their yeah. Yeah. splash their faces their sweaty sweaty faces yeah. um but, but yeah it's it's a really good good sweat good oh, sweat and sweat effects so much good sweat um but it a was plus. it was 
it, it, it's just such a lovely tight script. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Kate, when do you think you last saw it? Um, oh, probably six years ago. Six or so, uh, you know what? I'm hitting that age where I'm like, I'm lonely. It, I graduated in 2016. Mm. It's 2022 now. It is. So that was at least six years. Oh, then probably eight. <laughs> if I'm gonna, yeah, eight years ago. Yeah. I remember like a most of it, like the the, the chunks of um of some of the discussion like points mm. so but yeah it but yeah it was really good watching it again yeah it's very theatrical there were some moments that like i think now you would go like like um uh, when uh racist guy realizes that he's the reason he's saying guilty is because of his racism mm. like it just occurred to him because no one was you know when they all turned their back on him and didn't mm. talk and he just sort of had to talk it out and they all turn their backs very theatrically done mm. to the sort of point that I you know I think filmmaking now you would go well that's a bit hammy like they okay. but I but it worked but on a theatrical thing it, mm. it it was weird it worked like I enjoyed it but it was one of the things where I in my my brain I went oh in a theater space that makes sense mm. but you wouldn't see that in film as much anymore mm. so watching it on film made me go oh okay i, I don't know if that makes sense I, I get what you mean mm. but, yeah. but i almost think in this very specific case that's a shame because mm. i was really struck by you know we, we live in a world where there's a lot of prejudice talk mm. that's uh, yeah. available in lots of different forums and usually you know when it's when when it crops up people are like oh turn it off or they don't click a link or something yeah. but having an actual physical action like those, those jurors physically yeah, just turning, turning away, away it is almost sort of like you know what I really wish that if that came up in my life I would have the gumption to just turn my back yeah because, because it was very yeah, effective it yeah. was really effective because hmm. uh, in previous things people had sort of you know uh, tried to talk to him about it tried to and it is a thing where it's like when you let someone have steam hmm. and just let them talk a lot of the time they'll hmm. answer it on their own yeah and like and so people kept trying to give evidence and he didn't listen and it was that thing of when he realized that no one was on his side and mm. everyone was like that's not why like you know like the other guy with the glasses guy was like that's not why i think he's guilty like mm. um he was one of the few that was like no i'm only looking at the evidence like he really yeah. tried to keep that you know um from his point of view and and then he just sat on his own, like in the dunce chair, mm. isolated from everybody else, and then just voted not guilty because he was like, "Oh, it's me. Yeah, I'm I'm the issue because because of that turn away." So I thought it was really effective. Mm. It was just one of those things that like, and it does prove people's points. Like I think it is a tactic. Um, that I know that, uh, you know, when you're calling in or if you're in a public place and sometimes the tactic is like if you see someone being racist some people go towards the person that's being racist but they don't necessarily go to the person that's um experiencing it so mm. like um and some of the tactics that they realize works more is that if you actually turn to the person that's being abused in public mm -hmm. and going hey are you okay and completely ignoring the other person, person. it's like that bully thing of like if yeah. you ignore them and it sounds silly and it doesn't work in every scenario but mm. the fact that it was everyone and it was it was yeah. very cool but at the it was just saying it was yeah. very interesting because it, it was so theatrical like the yeah. staging um it you know the opening shot was just one shot for ages and it was you know oh yeah but where they we, we get to meet all the jurors all and, the jurors learn a little bit and like yeah. you know when they have the thing to say very like you know stand on the chair lean down so it was very um because it is in one room i think 
it was it felt very uh, blocked. If that like while I think a lot of films nowadays you they mm. try to avoid it looking yep. blocked because they'll go that's a stylized while like for me I'd go well that's what you would do in theatre like mm. that's exactly yeah, what yeah, yeah. and um, I, I, and I do think that I mean it is very theatrical and I think it maybe stood out because of how blocked it was yeah. um, because it it was a very gradual thing for some of them turning their attention and like juror number seven didn't actually stand up but he clocked out pretty early when yeah. ten is doing his prejudice diatribe yeah I I also just really quite like the idea that prejudice can't exist in a vacuum it has to have something to respond against yeah. be that yeah. what it's prejudiced against or someone that is arguing on the side of who they are being prejudiced yeah. against and i just thought it was such an effective way of showing there are many reasons why people in this situation mm. are either assuming guilt or assuming innocence yeah. and i thought this film was it dealt with a lot of them really well but i felt it dealt with a juror being prejudiced incredibly well. Well, I thought yeah. what was good was because it was the it was the build up of because that tension was there from the very beginning, mm. like straight away. It was like when they showed um, when they when they showed the young man, um, and then they were talking about the slum. Like so, it was mm. what it was. It was it was it was all coded. Like it was very even like his rant. It was they still kept what his ethnicity was vague, you know? Mm, so yeah. it's sort of like, it sort of has that kind of um, Ita maybe Italian or Latino, like it's got that sort of mm. the slum sort of thing, but they kept it vague mm. in that in that regard. But yeah. it definitely had, um, the undercurrent was there the whole time. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, um, and that was the build up. So mm. that was the blowout of like, let's be frank. Like, and I think that was the guy mm. of going, let's be honest. Of course he's guilty because of this. Mm. And yeah. while it was there the whole time, even with everybody else, when they were saying little things, like it was still there. And that's having everyone leave and then come and sit down and then he physically leaving the table mm. and then him being the physical representation of, okay, guys, we've got prejudice, all right? Mm. Let's be honest that our, that our racial profiling and or our class or, you know, mm. is affecting what we're thinking. Let's put that to the side and then the conversation and how they talked completely changed after that. Yeah. It wasn't as heated anymore. It wasn't, except the last guy that was, yeah. you know, it was, mm. uh, they all left the table and physically, and then they came back and the conversation changed. Yeah. Um, and I thought, so that worked. Um, it was it was a good build up. Same with the, the close-ups of the camera. They yeah. work really well of just building the tension um, for a space in one room. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, the story of this film is, is pretty simple. It's... Yeah. They're a jury. It's a murder trial. And they set it up very clearly at the beginning. If you find him innocent, you find him innocent. If you find him guilty, he's going to die. Because yeah. uh, yeah. they say the death penalty, it, there's no chance of appeal. So it's, it's like... Mandatory. Mandatory it. yeah. death penalty. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that very bored judge is just there, just like... That was, su that was such a, an amazing bit of acting and contrasting. Just that, that whole bit where he's just, he's so bored. Yeah. And yet the words he's saying are so profound time, and generally. so heavy. It's a heavy time that you, yeah, you'll, you'll yeah, get, you will be condemned. This is a very heavy thing that's been brought on you. You've got someone's life in your hands and... Uh, Da, 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 da. It was amazing. And then he just finishes with the jury will now retire. Yeah. And he doesn't move from being slumped on his hand. It was so un unsettling and profound. A very. But I think it all yeah, and it helped set up like what the court case would have been for yeah. this kid. Mm. Yeah. So when they're talking about the lawyer, why didn't his lawyer ask these questions? And they're like. He probably didn't want to fucking be there, care. or he didn't yeah. care, or he it didn't would have, have been time. Assigned by the court. Yeah, yeah, like if it was signed by the court, he could have maybe got that what case a couple of 
couple of weeks ago, a couple. What if mm. he was not meant? What if the lawyer changed? Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah, maybe yeah. the lawyer was inexperienced. Who knows? All well, they these do things. mention Young as yeah, well, so yeah. it's sort of. And but that that judge and everyone hot and sweaty, which I also like because you had that the the, the baseball guy mm. that had places to be and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but also his thing of just once the fan worked, he totally chilled out. <laughs> like he was literally the equivalent. I was like, ah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess not guilty then. I really want to go. And I and it was yeah. like it was just hit the heat. And it was like it mm. showed like the simple things of like, you know, of the mm. and also the power shift dynamics, which I loved. You yeah. had mm. you had as close as they would, I guess, in this film of like the outsiders who would be you know, so you had like you had the older gentleman that everyone you know wasn't really taken seriously. Oh yeah, Jura Nine. Yeah, Jura yeah. Nine. You had Jura Two, who was you know he was small and 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 light spoken and a bit like you mm. know he was offering and unsure. Mm. Um, and then you had um, uh, you had um the the guy who um who came forward to say that he actually that he's from that area and that he lives in that area. That was Jura Five because that was yeah. Jack Klugman's character. Yeah, so yeah. Jura Number Five, and then you had um then you had the immigrant. So yeah, that number, had 11. A number eleven. Number yeah, eleven. Um and uh and um you saw those were like the sort of the core ones where you saw their shift in mm. this uh, in the in the story of mm, like yeah. of not wanting to talk and then eventually sort of being like the loudest people in the room mm. you know of actually going well in a lot of ways they were the ones with kind of the, the most insight as to why this might not be as cut and dry mm. exactly yeah as 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 the others yeah particularly mm. um three and uh, ten Ten, yeah, and then thought it was, and yeah. four with his octagonal and glasses. four, yeah, yeah. Well, because he was really the only one that, uh, you know, that actually was like, I am sticking to the facts, and pretty much when someone said, could she have had the glasses, and him just going, well, yeah, okay, mm. yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure, which means it's not. Which means I can't, you I can't, can't say guilty. Yeah. I can't say guilty. He was like, yeah, I think they he did a good really job of him literally just being the neutral. You know, like very fact based, very fact very based. To, to the to the letter, literally to the letter of the law. It's like, well, no, as it is, I I just you you've convinced me. I I cannot say yeah. without reasonable doubt that he did it. So I have to say not guilty. He was that was he was a fascinating character. Mm. Yeah. yeah, the fact that he held out so long though. Yeah, was, well, yeah. I mean, and and that's just it. Is the case got picked apart mostly because of the the initial standby juror number eight, who is mm. played by uh, Henry Fonda. Um, having... Jane Fonda's father. For yes, people sorry, uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> Jane Jane Fonda's dad for, for us young people. Um, yeah, <laughs> all those young Jane Fonda. <laughs> She's making Jane a resurgence. Jane Fonda fans. She's making a resurgence. She's making a resurgence. All you young kids yeah. with your Jane Fonda posters. <laughs> uh, but but in this juror number eight is um, he he has that little bit of doubt and. I think it's interesting that at the beginning he's like, ah, it's just a feeling. Like he's like, he, he's not convinced. And even though it's just a feeling is not like a reasonable sort no. of, like it wouldn't stand up in a court if it's yeah. like, well, we have one juror who just feels bad for the kid in the same way that mm. um, juror number three, bringing so much of his personal baggage with his relationship with his son yeah. into sticking with the guilt yeah. was, was also um, not, wouldn't be considered professional or appropriate. Yeah. But then the fact is that eight's doubt led to all of them actually properly discussing and dissecting what had been presented. Yeah. Um, 
because they weren't before. Yeah, because they were just no, in there no. to go, yep, guilty. And also right. the fact the second time they did the paper because, like, mm. I think that was also what was interesting of, like, if you can make it blind because it is, it was, because it's Angry Men, um, it had that very, like, boys' club, boisterous vibe. Oh, yeah, and, like, same with, same with, like, the guy when he says, what's your reason? He's like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to say anything. And he Ooh. sort of left and it was sort of, you know, and and for the very reason of when it was blind, that guy was like, well, it must be you because you're one of them. Like, mm. it was that kind of, like, they, you know, and then the second people were allowed to be like, actually, if, if nobody knows what I'm writing, I'm just going to, like, yeah. put it down. And it's yeah. interesting you raise that boys kind of thing because right at the beginning when he's the only one who's sort of saying not guilty, instead, I was paying attention because rather, rather than kind of going like, Okay, well, tell us why. Before they get to that bit, they're all like, well, it's our job to convince you otherwise. Mm. And that's a very tribal kind of, well, all the boys are on this side. Yeah. So, and we know we can't force you to change your mind physically. So we're going to talk at you to, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a very male thing to go like, tell me why you mm. think this way as a, and instead go, well, I'm going to tell you why you need to change your mind. Yeah. Mm. That is a very kind of blokey male so, and, thing to and do. And definitely but like... Particularly when there's a group. When yeah. there's a and group. And there's one outlier. And I also think it's very interesting that um, because <coughs> of the time that this film was made as well, that it's 12 older white guys. Yeah. Um, the, the older white American men as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and the fact is, is, you know, that the, the youngest lucky one was probably the John Hamm <laughs> lookalike. Uh, mm. Yeah, the advertising guy. The advertising guy. guy. Um, but, but even then, he would... Uh, nobody in that room was, I'd say, under the age of maybe 35. <laughs> like no, they, uh, yeah, I would it, say it that, was, yeah. You know, it was a lot yeah. of these, like, sort of senior male figures coming together. And they, they do come from these different walks of life. Ooh. You can tell that some are working class. One mm. had the, especially like I, you know, I started the business from the ground up. So it's mm. sort of like yeah. that kind of thing of like, you know, I worked hard to get where I am and yeah. like, you know, and, and, you know, I've managed to not get that out or. Mm. Yeah. Um, one guy's just like, I, he's, he's lying with literally like, I just, I'm just, I just work. My boss makes all the decisions. I don't think. You yeah. Know, like, yeah. I'm not a supposing yeah. kind of guy. Yeah. yeah that's what I supposing. Yeah. yeah. My boss does all the supposing. But, yeah. but it's interesting. They had that, this like yeah. diversity mm. of class and um experience even though by by standards of today that that's not a diverse room at all no like realistically they only had for the kid Mm. would the closest would have been they had one of his peers like closest like and even then like it's because he's from the same area Mm. and the same neighbor the same neighborhood Mm. um it you know again if you're trying to assume someone's ethnicity the closest he might have been you know might have been like Italian or he mm. might have been Jewish or he might have mm. been like from Euro- like European while like you know while the kid was from somewhere else but they obviously grew up in the same area while mm. everyone else no one was no one was from there so he's the closest to their peers and mm. and that was it and it was quite yeah interesting yeah. of um which is you know an issue that always you know mm. is still an issue um but yeah um i thought it was done yeah it was done really well and the the subtleties and the language and and also again because they do mention like you know the war is you know they're talking about like immigrants like you coming in here and telling us how to do stuff and Mm. like because he questioned it but he wasn't being rude he was like maybe you don't understand what unreasonable doubt means because Mm. the way the guy was talking 
showed that it, he didn't have reasonable doubt. Like, because oh, oh, yeah, he was going, yeah. look, maybe we don't know. And he's like, well, then. Yeah, this is juror number seven. Yeah, juror number yeah. seven. Just the way like, he goes, yeah, I'll change my vote. And, yeah. and then yeah. for him to get up on him, because like that, that power change of him going like, I don't know what that means and blah, blah, blah. And he's like going, well, maybe we can help you. Like maybe you, yeah. you would actually pick non-guilty if maybe you understood. actually understood what that meant. And then yeah. he got defensive because of that kind of, again, about intellect, about working class and like mm. what do people do for their jobs? Where are they from? And then to turn around and him to go, no, you you pussy. Like it was <laughs> yeah. really like it was, it was like that kind of like if you're going to stand by, if you think he's guilty, then own it. Like, mm. and I think that was, it was very cool of seeing that. Mm. It was, um, of, yeah, it was it was really interesting having twelve unnamed until the very end for two of them, but twelve unnamed characters yeah. that we only have ninety minutes with, and we get a pretty good idea of what all twelve of these guys are like. Yeah, like yeah. like juror number one, who is uh, we find out is a teacher. Yeah. Oh, who... when he was like said he was a coach, I was like, oh, it was all there. He was yeah. he wore the polo with yeah. the tie, yeah, yeah, yeah. and how he was like, all right, everyone, um, this is my plan. Uh, yeah, if we yeah. want to be organized, yeah. but yeah, you, you get you know he he didn't want to be in the position of being juror number one, but yeah. he was, and he was just like, okay, well, uh, I'm going to try my best, but it's probably not going to be great. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, right the way through to like seeing how like. You know, the characters we got more of, like, we, we understood so much more about Jura number three because of his troubled relationship with his son and mm. how he very much was basically a similar father to the father that got murdered in the case. Yeah, which is why he was like, well, he'd have to be guilty because then if... It was it was very mm. interesting. It was, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we got to know some of these really well. Uh, and others less so, like Jura number six, who's the one whose boss does all the supposing for him. Yeah. We, we didn't really get to know him that well. Yeah, but, but him and... Um, uh, that'd be juror number four with the glasses no that'd be uh, so sorry so juror number five then yeah it was next um, to him. so they were next to each other mm. and he did speak less but they had more of a uh bond thing towards the other guy because he wanted to get in his face and he was like hey man nah, calm down yeah. and i think again um because looking at it um and again i'm only making assumptions because when they were talking about language and working class right is mm. that um that he had the more stereotype of italian american that thing he had the mm. supposing he had like the accent yeah. he had the hair he had the style and then the other guy owned his business but was working class as well mm. and they did yeah. a really and i wasn't until i was when you're watching it and i was seeing that sort of subtlety where i realized that in the scenes when there's any type of like things arcing up those two would be very much you'd be like hey calm down yeah. it was mm. like they were seeing each other of going uh, all yeah. these all these like other white people even though like of like when they're looking at the american loud ones they very much picked like white light hair color like mm. very you know it was quite interesting yeah. how they i think it's it yeah. is quite telling that two of the three that held out the longest on the guilt were senior white guys not the yeah. most senior because obviously nine was senior and he changed pretty quick mm. but he, he was i think i think juror nine is really fascinating in this sense because because he's another generation up again from like the others Mm yeah and he understands so much his understanding of being like a man in his at least mid-70s we'd suspect um and yeah, his understanding of the witness who was also an old man and of how, yeah, that that witness just wants yeah. to be seen and be, be heard because obviously he would feel like yeah. that. It's a, he, he has, he has, yeah, he has an understanding mm. of people that only comes with age, age yeah. with, yeah. With and his observation. Full, an yeah. And that's life. the thing. Yeah. It, it yeah. was his observation and it was his final observation that turned the tides mm. and it was him that allowed 
the conversation to happen and I with liked the it with the glasses yeah. and it was he yeah. was constantly and that him is going well I wouldn't know I've got 20-20 vision and it was that kind <laughs> yeah. or if I was if I was if I was 20 years yeah. younger if yeah. I was a few years younger I'd teach that mm. like he was that that generational of mm. yeah but, but also I mean that's a very like it's it's literal like he literally has 20-20 vision but mm. symbolically that's a very important line as well yeah it'd yeah. be like I'm yeah. really observing. If we're if we're, break, if we're breaking this down, like kind of we, year we nine media stage <laughs> yeah. kind of thing, like he literally sees things that others yeah. don't see. Like. But I think it's really interesting contrasting him with the other two senior figures of Jurors Three and Ten, mm. who are deeply flawed characters. Mm. One flawed because they were a bad parent, and yeah. I think even Juror Number Eleven calls him out, where it's like it's because he was raised wrong, exactly like that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then Juror Number Ten, who just as this underlying prejudice against the the unspecified them you yeah, know what yeah. they're like and ultimately once once people go oh that's your deal yeah. then it's like cool we can ignore that almost exactly. or we can yeah. disregard that because it comes down to well because he never explained it every yeah. time they would go when it came towards him to what's your reasoning mm. it always skipped he'd always stand up and walk he'd always go mm. we don't have time like cutting people off and yeah, all that yeah. and then when it was finally his time of going no explain yeah. like really explain mm. and he was like yeah i will and everyone will agree with me and then realized that everyone was yeah. like because 10 is yeah. even the one that says oh you can twist facts any way you want which is such a 2020 statement as opposed to a 1950s <laughs> statement that's a statement that's always existed like yeah, yeah that twisting it's... facts but i'm like well then you're technically twisting facts because you're mm. you know or saying yeah of like going well no you know he this you know he's a senile he doesn't know yeah. what he's saying you're like yeah yeah and i love that <laughs> i mean that that whole theme does permeate the whole thing of like and and that's kind of where Henry Fonda's character acts as kind of the rock of it because he's sort of saying, well, I don't know. Mm. We can't know because there are too many mm. ways that things can be twisted. There yeah. are too many different mm. ways. There's nothing actually... When we break this down, there's nothing concrete. Yeah. I can spin it my way. You can spin it your way, which means we can't convict him. Mm. And I yeah. think that's so... It just and, keeps mm. coming back to that. And that's, so and, and that's what I liked about it was the fact that it was a case of... Which is very common of the same thing when he was like... He said the cops threw him down, like 20 flight of stairs. I'm like, well, yeah, probably. Like, that's mm. probably exactly cool. what happened, you know? And so you're seeing, like, the case of... The evidence was collected poorly. They made most likely the arrest. The other lawyer didn't do a good job. And that was his thing of going, I'm not saying he's innocent. And I yeah. thought that was really good that they, he kept saying that because everyone goes, yeah. you think he didn't do it? And he, he was like, no, I don't, I've, know. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. And the whole point and of it is like a hundred percent. If you're saying he's guilty, it means that you have to think that a hundred percent that there is no way that, mm. that yeah. it there's could a, There's a line early on as well, where it was the one of them, it might've been for, mm three or four, I can't mm. remember, said like, well, the defence didn't prove anything. Mm. And eight replies were like, well, they don't have to prove anything. The mm. prosecution has to prove the stuff. And yeah. I don't think they did. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, yeah. I like that they keep tying that back. Like yeah. you're saying, that sort of that, yeah, cause that the, idea of, yeah, he's not necessarily innocent, not saying he didn't do it. And not but, saying that also he hasn't done bad things. Because yeah. again, they were using that, like he's mm. a he threw a rocket at his teacher when he was five. Teacher. Yeah. He's, been, he's been caught uh, like at knife fighting areas. Mm. He's, you know, he's had been stealing and it's like, yeah, but we're not, we're not putting him to he's court. Not for that. He's not on trial yeah. for that. He's mm. what is, did he do this? And it was, and the same with him going like, if he's used to being hit, why why that night why why would a usual night of mm. his dad beating him 
And same again, like language. When everyone was like slapping, and I was like, no, he punched him, and he's like, fine. He hit him. He hit him. Yeah. Right. Like demeaning. Like that kind of. It's like uh, you know. Or that kind of language, I guess, you know, that, you know, he's mm. a thug, he was slapped, he was, you know, the, whether it was ex- making the language more extreme or just trivialising yeah. it. Yeah. I can see why this movie is taught and shown in various, like, academic capacities mm. because yeah. it's just the way you can break it down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mm. and it doesn't go, and it doesn't necessarily, you know, obviously, if it was, um, if it was written today, people would be more the conversations would be possibly they would might go more in depth or mm-hmm. might actually go on it like more while some of the yeah. but the thing is the conversation question would then be would you um do you want that or not cuz uh, mm. cuz it's yeah i think if it was made today like if you were doing like a, a fresh rewrite as opposed to like a full adaptation mm. i think there would be a lot less ambiguity yeah, uh, I, I think we would see quite clearly. Oh, this person that is on trial yeah. is belonging to this group, yeah, and yeah. also the audiences struggle with that now. With yeah, ambiguity. The, yeah. The, the jury would also be, and here's black juror and a white juror, and a you know, like it, we, yeah. we would have the breakdown mm. of on like racial lines and class lines and gender lines. Yeah, and it could be really interesting, and it could yeah. be really good. But I I do think that it, the temptation would be. To remove the ambiguity, yeah, and I think that's one of the real strengths of this film. Is, Absolutely, is is we don't learn th- about the details of the case until the jur- the jurors are talking about it. Yeah, and I think that's great. Re- rewatching yeah. it and going like, we have a witness that says that at eight o'clock or this happened, and then at ten o'clock this happened. Yeah. But like yeah. the first we hear that it was like he got stabbed to death. Mm. We just heard that this person had been murdered. Yeah, we didn't know that it was with a knife until mm. quite a bit in. Yeah. Whereas I, <coughs> I, I do feel as though yeah, if you're making it today, it'd be I, like, well, this is the stabbing case we got to yeah. deal with. I also feel like we would get, we would learn, like we we would see or hear from the defendant's point of view as well. Mm. And I think the fact that we don't is like, again like a mm. real strength of this movie because it's not mm. necessarily about him. Mm. Yeah. He's just kind of he's kind of our MacGuffin, really. Yeah. He's just sort of our, mm. yeah. And I feel like if we were to, if there were to make a yeah a modern mm. adaptation, there would be more yeah. time with the defendant. We get to know who he was mm. and what he's like. Yeah, I mean, there's and there's definitely a worthwhile movie in there. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but it's not the. But it's me, but then yeah, exactly. Then you're making it about too many things. You're but also the the, of, the way that things work now is completely different also yeah. because like you're making like this is a mm. film of how the trial of how trials were done and i don't know what the the system of how they would take things now would be well, yeah, um you know uh like little things of like i'm like i don't know if you would be able to hold the knife like that anymore like i feel like it would be in a bag and yeah. you wouldn't be allowed well, to I think even the fact that he or... bought a knife yeah. a, a, a replica knife into the no, no one checked him. No yeah. one checked him. They're like, hey, man, you got a weapon? <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. They'd be like, get the guard in here and he'd be taken out. Yeah. Like, the, don't um, think you can bring a knife into a courtroom. The, the legal experts that uh, that watched this film, even at the time, were like, okay, yeah. Now, that, that he couldn't happen. And, like, the idea of a juror going to the neighbourhood and trying to buy a knife, like, it's not the jury's responsibility no, to, like, no. investigate the crime. And even like, at you the would time... Probably, you'd probably give, like... It'd probably be a mistrial or something. I imagine it if that probably, would happen. It could possibly yeah. be considered. But also, that, yeah. I think it also shows because they the, the whole they do talk about how the you know the trial went on for like a week or a couple of days, and so it was mm. six Ooh. days or something. So, mm. um, so I it also gives uh, a bit of an insight of 
this guy sitting here and watching this lawyer and going, he's not asking any like you know like to think Mm. how much you must be questioning what is going on for you to go what do you mean that's the only knife Mm. what and then the lawyer going oh no (laughs) questions and him going you're not gonna ask him is this the only knife there's no other he goes and maybe in the back of his brain maybe it's like you know he says i took a walk in that neighborhood and, and tried to see but we don't know anything about him. We know he said he's an architect yep. mm-hmm. and he gave his name at the end. But we don't know where he lives. We don't know where he's from. We don't know if he could have like looked at that knife and sort of just went like, I've seen people with these. Like, yeah. like the fact that it stuck with him, I think also gave more credence to how shit his lawyer was. Yeah, like, absolutely. and I, even though that he's, it's not his job, like mm-hmm. I that questioning and again, him being an architect and looking at the building of the room and like being able to do the pacing, like of just yeah. like, you know, if him going, that would take so long. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why is, you know. And, and I think it makes him such an interesting character. Harry Potter's character makes him so interesting. It's like he's, because early on he doesn't quite, you say Steve, he doesn't quite understand why he's mm. voting not, yeah. not guilty. But he's perceptive yeah. enough and he's got enough knowledge. Mm. Like you say, Kate, like he's an architect. He's sort of maybe gone, that doesn't check out. And he's just, he's yeah. got, there's enough. And he, and, he, and he has enough confidence. And we want to get into talking about like privilege and things like that. Yeah. He's, he's uh, got that position where he can in that room have Do enough it. status to go, mm. no, actually, I think that's wrong. Because juror number five couldn't. He wouldn't, because the, no. the, the fact that he was like, oh, I don't want to say anything reason yeah, why, exactly. and he said guilty. Yeah. If he, and then the blind vote, if he was the one that said, mm. I don't know, they would have gone. And shut up. And yeah, same whatever. with, like, and and same with down, Mousy yeah. number two. I call him Mousy number two. But, you know, <laughs> like all those, and like the older gentlemen, well, and, like, yeah. they, they were yeah. not in the position. They, to, they all just went guilty because they felt, like because all the conversation beforehand was very much right well let's get this yeah, over with yeah, it was yeah. very much going with the flow and eight standing up to that mm. was was ultimately but again i think it's really courage. important that mm. it's because he could mm. yeah yeah you know because obviously there were you know at least almost as soon as he starts questioning it he gets number nine mm. on side he gets five on side there are a few that were all also you could they were already questioning it but mm. he had the social standing in that room to 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 be actually to actually have yeah. the the ability to mm. without without too much fear of retribution to say no yeah i actually disagree with the yeah, you're right that's have, a really yeah and whether or not that's deliberate i don't know i feel like it has to be i, th- I think it is as yeah. well because yeah had 11 done it it would have been ah bloody foreigners had number yeah. nine done it it's the rsc and our old man like exactly. all of these things would have yeah. been yeah it's, it's because yeah henry fonda was a a, a very tall white guy in yeah. a um, and I do think height is a really interesting yeah. thing in this yeah. film as well with yeah. status I mean also because like, the, 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 guy, bit, yeah. like mm. the guy wanted to know like in the bathroom what he did for a living yeah you know like what do you like it was it was that kind of trying to figure out where to put people and, yeah um, but also even if he thought even if he goes look I don't know but also this person's going to be put to death hmm. we should talk about yeah, it and like that yeah. and and the, i get this another reason why the old guy was like yeah that's actually yeah like th- yeah, that's it, this we, we the, the decision this, yeah. we make is will, will someone live or die like and that's yeah. you, we should think about it like yep. it's yeah i thought mm-hmm. that was really well done and it's a good yeah. it's a movie that allows conversations like these of mm-hmm. like and there's some really great shots or there's some really great like um say, yeah. you know of uh sometimes but also it was interesting because sometimes if the camera was on if it was directly on them mm. they would be looking 
into the camera mm. to who they were quote unquote talking to. Yeah. So sometimes it was very it was very odd like you go, Oh, this person's like looking into my soul. Mm. Like just yeah. like looking, going, Then they did this and that's why and you're like, mm. Oh, you're talking you're talking to, to me. me. Yeah. Okay. And then they might do the shot of the person listening, but um yeah. I think it's interesting because like I those bits those really tight close ups stood out for me. Mm. So I think almost each character has at least one at some point. Yeah. Mm. Maybe. M- most of them. Um and eventually and they like, start joining in the shots. They're, yeah. First they're all solo mm. and then they start bundling in And groups. I don't think yeah. we would see that kind of thing now. Mm. I, I feel like that's quite an old... It, I think, it, yeah, it would be reserved yeah. for special moments. Yeah, yes. exactly. Mm. And like, and I'm not saying that... And obviously they were very thought out in this film. He wasn't just doing them willy-nilly. They mm. were very deliberate. But he used them liberally enough that... It just, I don't know, it stood out to me as well. And, mm. and in a weird way, quite also quite theatrical even though you never get that close yeah. to an actor on stage mm. it created also, film it created film blocking in a way that's yeah, the way my it brain was kind of breaking through that fourth wall that you can do in a theater mm. yeah you know in a round it was a weird kind of like yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it felt inclusive to the audience yeah, yeah. and i yeah. thought that was really important because and, and, and the language used like it's because it's a pretty heavy subject and it's you know the, there's a lot of um technically intricate language that could be in there Mm. but i thought the language that was used was it wasn't playing to the lowest common denominator but it was all language that was readily accessible for certainly an audience of that time and i think well and realistic to those characters as well you didn't have you know the guy who i don't know number six like you never quite find out what he did but yeah you know he did worker i don't do the supposing guy like he's not all of a sudden like diving into these like spiels of mm. legal legalese kind of thing yeah. because he wouldn't and actually really none of them do they just yeah it, the way each character and again we, we all the characters are so well well so distinct and so well drawn mm. and so well played that the dialogue for each character mm. feels very true yeah yeah man. you know it wasn't you couldn't just swap lines here and there no. it wouldn't make sense no. and you know? and that we're 65 years on from this film being released and it still feels extremely accessible yeah, yeah. M- and more accessible than a lot of films from 1957 Absolutely. yeah yeah and i think a lot of that comes down to i just thought just then like it's obviously so meticulously made mm. Mm. like you can tell it's really been very carefully thought out. even just that that shot early on which is all one shot mm. where we're kind of introduced to them all and the yeah. camera's moving around and mm. it's so carefully thought through it's so precise mm. everything yeah. from the camera movements to the way the characters you know again we talk about the the, the, the blocking you know the way yeah. everyone moves around the room to mm. the actual to the way each individual character speaks it's the, like the advertising yeah. guy, I won every time, and it was for me very funny because he was like, you know, there's, there's yeah, weird people and avid, you know the artsy type, the you know the, and I was like, you mean the gay ones? All right, uh, like he was yeah, like, you know, the yeah. eccentric you know, they're guy, they're artistic, they're <laughs> artistic, and he goes, and they'll put their glasses on and they'll say something, and it was sort of he was trying to get everyone to like him, mm. like he was, it was like I'm part of the boys, but am I? And like, and then every time he wanted to make a statement, he'd put his glasses on mm. and I a part of me and then, like straight away and then take, take them off, off. and I was like and I went in my brain I was like you don't need those glasses those <laughs> aren't prescribed they're, they're yeah. fashion glasses because he works in the city it's about advertisement it's mm. about looks even yeah. the guy was like look at the man with the gray suit like he's literally gray like he's going I'm guilty 
Uh, not no, not guilty. Yeah. I don't know. Like he works in a group, but he never actually has to. It's like it's it's all like a front. Like it's about selling something. It's yeah. about like having this opinion or like, and yeah. it, but while trying to like get everyone to sort of like him, and mm, yeah. um, it was quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, I think yeah. that's also why I get the impression that he was the youngest of the group as well. Yeah, it was him, you and know, then like, it was like, well, that's what I liked. It was him, and then the guy across from him. Yeah, they felt uh, like the two youngest. They would have been ones. like the two youngest, and, maybe, and they were the most kind yeah. of the most flip floppy, unsure, like not um, definitely not not the most hmm. confident of, of the where group. and then where they stood in with the yeah. group. Yeah. And yeah, maybe number five, Jack Klugman's, um the one from the slums. Yeah, but he felt, even then he felt like you're maybe five years older yeah. than yeah. the yeah. other. You know, like, but yeah, Drew yeah. number. 12 yeah. definitely felt like he yeah. was sort of yeah. didn't even quite know who he was as a person mm. you know he was yeah. so uh, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. want as you said just want these this group of people to like me so they'll kind of mm. yeah maybe and you, leave and me alone <laughs> it also showed up i guess like what i really liked again was one why you need to be trialed with your peers um and mm. uh was the, the 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 flip knife the switch knife um mm. of when they're talking about the stabbing and he'd just been sitting there and he was like, what are you guys like? Yeah, I'd stab him like that. And he's like, no, it's a yeah. it's a yeah. pocket knife. It's a flint yeah. knife. Have like, none of you guys seen West Side Story? Yeah. Has that not come no, out yet? No, but for him, he's like, have any of you actually been in a knife fight or yeah. seen a knife fight or seen kids with them? Yeah. And they're like, no. And he's like, well, why do you, it flicks out. Why would you? Mm. And, and everyone was like, oh. And it's like, the lawyer didn't even do that. Like, yeah. so clearly the lawyer didn't even go, well, why would you? It's a flip, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and and him going, yeah, you would, you wouldn't even, if you were going high, it would be around the neck, or like you would, it would go in the gut, like that's yeah. why it opens like that. It's in my neighborhood, like I mm, see that, I've seen and this stuff, yeah, and it was, uh, you know, and people's experiences, and I thought they did a really, I mm. thought, yeah, I thought they did a really good job, and also like it was rainy, I loved it with the rain coming in and yeah. the sounds of the city, and like mm. it was that it was hot, mm. and like people clearly getting sick. You know, like in mm. that... Um, that stressed me out. When that old man started coughing yeah, in this yeah. tiny room in COVID times, I was like, whoa, get out of there, yeah, old man. Yeah, I know. Get out and put your mask on. Yeah, it was it was a little stressful. I just love two. Juror number two clearly had more cough drops yeah. and refused to yeah, give them. Because yeah. he was offering, it was very nice. He was like, I don't want... Because he was spoken down to again of yeah, like, yeah. you know. But everyone had their own experiences that could help them give a perspective mm. of like what was going on like even what changed the other guy like the suppose he was like if you're on trial like would you want he was like in fair would you want people to really think about it mm-hmm. and he was like yeah i guess yeah, but yeah. like you know and it's um yeah i thought it was it was done really well and all the questions and the mm-hmm. yeah and the train line like if you oh, i painted a house so oh, there mm-hmm. we go he was a painter he was clearly yes, he yes, was a house yes. painter yeah, or something go, yeah. like that yeah, yeah. he was um yeah yeah was, you're right about like kind of when the rain comes in and it's sort of like a, as the movie goes on it becomes more and more uncomfortable like mm. you know it, it's like i think they did they they established the heat really well like mm. almost straight away you see yeah. all the characters like wiping themselves down with hankies and stuff like that but you just start to feel the the claustrophobia yeah. Of the room, and that's that's probably done through camera work. And then as well. we get you to know, it's all wider, the... and then it gets tighter and tighter and tighter, and and then we get to all the great sweat acting. Yeah, oh, yeah. and like those sweat patches. like it was. Yeah. It looked. Yeah, it, it looked also helped show the passing of time because mm. that was because yeah. I was like, was this meant to represent real time? But it, 
I think it was. It, it, it was pretty close. close. It was like pretty it. close yeah. to doing real time, and I thought it didn't they did seem a, like there was any moments where it was like it faded. It's yeah. like oh, it's an hour later or anything. Because they did a good real. job of like the sweat also, like showing that the like everything's getting worse. And again, mm. that's why it's like oh, the fans connected yeah. to the lie. And again, I loved that because multiple times, like the mm. guys did what's this is so stupid. Yeah. And then it was like, and again, it's about point of view about mm. the facts are that fan is not working and everyone is sweaty so clearly the fans mm. broken yeah. the fan wasn't broken it's just no one thought to turn the light on go hey is this connected yeah. and that was also that kind of it's literally a different like a light mm. bulb moment of just yeah. going no one thought to check yeah it's and almost as though this this thing doesn't oh. work unless there's illumination like yeah yeah it's, yeah yeah, there's, there's some lovely, lovely metaphors in there and lovely use of language. I've got some trivia from Ooh. IMDb. Hit us up. You want to hear it? Yeah. 12 angry trivias. <laughs> yes, uh, 12 angry facts uh, brought to you uh, courtesy of IMDb. So if it's not true, don't blame me. Uh, the first bit of trivia is, at the beginning of the film, the cameras are all positioned above eye level and mounted yeah. with wide-angle lenses to give the appearance of greater distance between the subjects. Mm. As the film progresses, the cameras slip down to eye level, and by the end of the film, nearly everyone is shot below eye level, yeah. with close-ups and telephoto lenses to increase the uh, encroaching sense of claustrophobia. Oh, there you yeah. go. Mm. Yeah. Uh, director Sidney Lumet had the actors all stay in the same room for several hours on end to do their lines without filming them. Yeah. This was to give them a real taste of what it would be like to be cooped up in a room for the, with the same people. This rehearsal process lasted for two weeks. Oh. So did they just do that non-stop for two weeks? Basically. Like a, like a theatre rehearsal run, like a show run. Yeah, but yeah. for two weeks. For two weeks. No wonder they were pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That would have been intense. That would have been fun. But that's also why it, why it looks so good, why they yeah. move through the space so well as well. And it, well, I think that goes back to what I was saying about it yeah. being so carefully... Theatrical. Yeah, well, mm. theatrical, but also so carefully plotted. Like, yeah. you've, had, you've, give, you've had that very mm. intense rehearsal process where you can go, okay, at this beat, you move here, then you say this, and you say it like, mm. you know, like... Which is why only a couple of times it felt, what not hammy, but not hammy, but like, like just old mm. school theatre acting yes. like yeah, when totally. he yeah, sees yeah, yeah. this photo of his son he starts ripping it up he's like oh, what do and he's angry the way he did mm-hmm. it or again the walk it away turn away it works but there were moments of that's something of people that have rehearsed in a theatre yeah. like in film yeah. you don't really you block it you do it you might do it a couple you know unless the director is really pedantic you yeah. might do a couple runs if that but like a two-week rehearsal in the space that's oh, yeah. that's mm-hmm. theatre and, and so and, and a lot of them are probably Again, I don't know much about the actors, but most of them would probably be more theatre with some film and television, I'm mm. assuming. But um, like, Yeah, I feel like 57, was it? It's 57. Probably getting to that point as well where it's like they're starting to act, where acting is starting to catch up with film. Mm. You know what I mean? Well, so like, yeah, the 50s they're was starting where the, to wrap their it, heads around. The method? The methods started coming in yeah, more. Right, yeah. that was the. Yeah, 50, but, but no. it hadn't. Re- like, your method actors were certainly around, but given that these yeah. were mostly older actors. No, that's what I mean. Yeah, right? they, like, they, they weren't students of the method. No. So, yeah, it's, um, it, it is but interesting. Like the, but the craft of film acting mm. was, would have been starting to catch up and develop, mm. I imagine, by this point. We're sort of in that transitional. 
where it was like you go from this really well, it's gone old from film. a different phase of it. I think well, that's what I mean. Yeah. You go from yeah. those like '30s films where it's very big and very mm. theatrical, and you had some of that when they'll go, "You listen here," and yeah, I was yeah. like, "There's a couple of those, a couple of those moments where they're like, you don't know me, buddy. You know, you know what? I'm just a yeah. Let me I, at him. I'm gonna kill him. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna kill him. And then everyone's like, but the guy in the grey suit over there, see, see." Were you? But you're not yeah. gonna kill me, are you? It's like, yeah. oh, you got yeah, me. Like it was. Yeah. It had those. Got him. It had those moments. <laughs> Good one, eh? Hey. Oh, you got you, man. Yeah. Or my favorite line was like, "He don't even speak English." Good. Yeah, yeah, he don't even speak English. Good. Yeah, exactly. And then he just got that. Like, it I wasn't even. It was great. Yeah. The ethnic background of the teenage subject was deliberately left unstated. Yeah. Um. They. The only thing they wanted to establish uh, with the use of the actor was that he was young. Was that he was young and he was not of Northern European ancestry. Yeah. Right. But yeah. They, they didn't want it to be, you know, is he from yeah, Latin they America? Kept it, is yeah. he Italian? You know, is he even, you know, potentially like mixed race with some African American in him? Like yeah. they kept it very, very much vague. just well, like. Yeah. They go, and, he's not white. Yeah. And he's young. And also they have that yeah. hanging over the fade of like. Because straight away, the framing, you've got all these older majority, mm. uh, would, all of them would majority be considered white. Mm. Um, uh, and the and they're, and then he's just so lean and, yeah. s- and small. And like and then and as they go to the table... too. I think that's there. really important. Yeah, you know, the fact like, they established that throughout the film yeah. is just... Yeah. But even he, with the jurors, like when he was like, that old man came and he was... And he came in a suit that was didn't fit him properly and was yeah. torn on the thing. He goes, that's... You know, you go on a court, but that was his best suit. Like, it was, you know. Yeah. yeah. Juror number seven made the claim in the bathroom that he made 27 grand selling marmalade. That's not bad um, in in the film. Uh, Just so that you know, in uh, 2015 money, uh, that would be over $235,000. That's a nice little marmalade gig you got going on there. (laughs) So, yeah. Juror number seven knew how to sell his preserves yeah oh my god yeah that was the baseball guy right yeah yeah, yeah. he would have had now that i'm thinking about it, he would have had box tickets mm-hmm. he would have had like yeah. the fancy yeah seat he felt tickets. like new money yeah he felt well that's yeah. the thing because it was his suit it was how he was doing it yeah. was yeah. like brash yeah. all the marmalade you need. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just... he's got that marmalade money yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as of 2020 this is the shortest film in the imdb top 10 uh, as well as the only one in the top 10 that is under two hours in length. Oh. It is also the only movie in the IMDb top 30 to be under 100 minutes in length. Uh, the next film to have a two-digit runtime is City Lights from 1931, which is at number 35. Yeah. See, I wish some movies were... I Look, they're getting long, man. They're, oh, man. They're they're getting, movies are getting long. so long. And mm. one... Okay, one television series now exists like i know people were crapping on like tv like when they had the golden age of television but now with like streaming services more than ever i'm like if you need to go that in depth in your story Hmm. maybe it's not a film mate maybe it's not a movie but also back 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 in the day when they had the reels and they had to swap them over and they didn't have the fancy technology of like it changing over they had an interval because everyone also was used to theater and everyone was like there's an interval if you're having a movie that's three hours, hmm. have an interval. Have it. Like, and maybe they're worried hmm. that people will leave. I don't know. But, like, yeah. it's it for me, it was nice watching a movie that was 
under two hours, like under yeah. two oh, yeah. hours. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I think that's a really interesting thing as well because recently I, I rewatched The Godfather just for fun yeah. because I hadn't watched it since we watched it on this program. Mm. And I went, I'm going to go back and watch the first Godfather. And that's a long film. Yeah. I don't know you can cut any of it out. No. And it, I, I really appreciated it, but it also made me go, there are so few films that are that long that, that you can't yeah. cut anything from. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I, I agree. I, I do enjoy it when it's wrapped up a little bit more And if tightly. it makes sense, and that's the thing, mm. is that, uh, again, this also, I think that also helped with the theatricalness, and I think mm. is that it's everything had to have a purpose, why they had to do something, and that it just happened yeah. to be short for that period of time. If you yes. had that any longer... You'd be yes. going, wow, okay, how long can you yeah, argue yeah, totally. this point? In real life, that might have been them spending the night and coming in for day two or, you know, Ooh. like if it was an actual case, that could have been them in the mm. in the jury for a couple of days. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you're right, though. They, they should know the length. It's like a podcast that's approaching an hour. Sorry. Sh- okay, just you, cut it off. Okay, you can cut, you can edit <laughs> yeah, yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I'm can sorry. edit us. Yeah. <laughs> you're uh, in control here, Steve. No, <laughs> I, I, I'm just aware that we have done episodes of this program that are longer than this film. Uh, so I'm I'm just sort of like, ooh, maybe I, sh- maybe I shouldn't chat shit, basically. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean that's yeah. true. But also, podcasts are made to. I was like, going to say, are people just listening no. to, tuning in to just hear some randoms talk just about a movie, or do they want to hear? Yeah, but all, mm, yeah, but also, well. but also, podcasts and like radio and stuff. Uh, well, specifically now with podcasts, is that it's made general unless they're like the 20 minute aspects like it's made for you to like listen in the car and stop it and like i'm listening to uh, different podcasts not this one um it's good uh this is good too that's Mm -hmm. it came off as bad uh keep digging that hole yeah uh but like i'll listen to it and then i'll i'll stop it and then i won't listen to it again until i hop back in the car Mm. and i'll remember right where i left off um it's so it's hard when you're watching something that you're they're like no You need to. You have to stay. So you have to stay yeah. through this, and I think it. This movie does a good job of like it's it's black and white. Uh, so a lot of people I think go, oh, it's old. I don't want to watch it because it won't be good. <laughs> oh. um, and I think it would. I'm like, no, I. I it's enjoyable. I yeah. would be. Yeah. I would be interested because I saw there was the '97 one. Hmm. That I because I've just recently watched this, I'd be interested to watch the '97 so one and then go, is this worse? Because yeah. you know when people say when people redo because it's very theatrical you could mm. it's an adaptation but I'd be interested to see who they cast because when I was watching it I went oh that guy Jason Isaac would probably play him <laughs> oh yeah. he's got the face of like this guy and like you know mm. um, but yeah it'd be interesting. Yeah. Yes, no, I just assume everyone listens to this program with uh, the lights off at home so they can just focus on our voices and what they're saying. Yes. Don't dissuade me of that delusion, listeners. Okay. It's it's the thing that gets me through the yeah. week. Uh, speaking at a screening of the film during the 2010 Fordham University Law School Film Festival, woo! Woo! Uh, Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor stated that seeing this film uh, while she was in college influenced her decision to pursue a career in law. She was particularly inspired by juror number 11 and his uh, monologue on his reverence for the American justice system as an outsider, or at least as someone not born in America. And And who also come in from the war. So pretty much it was, it was, it was inferred by the guy. It's like, Mm. you come in here after World War II, after your government, you know, I'm like, okay, well, he's clearly from like Europe. Okay. Where we're dictator. Like that was really, yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, 
However, Sotomayor also told the audience of law students that as a lower court judge, she would instruct juries not to follow the film's example because most of the jurors' conclusions are based on speculations and not facts. Yes. yes. Um, so, yeah, even though she loves that film, she's like, ah, it's, it's a bit of a fan fiction to an yeah, extent, yeah. so mm. maybe don't. Um, when first broadcast as a teleplay on Studio One uh, back in 1954 was the first uh production uh, on television um the 12 actors who played the jurors featured two members of this cast joseph sweeney who played juror number nine the old man oh yeah and um george voskovich who played juror number 11 the immigrant oh, cool. mm. uh yeah they were both um in the original version nice there you go. and cool. kept their roles because they were great yeah yeah no, absolutely mm. Uh, the final bit of trivia here is that an observant viewer will know that the juror who changed his vote in the secret ballot um, before it is revealed would be juror number nine. Uh, nine clearly slips his piece of paper underneath sevens, and as the papers get passed down the table, the other jurors place their papers on top of that pile. Then, juror number one places that particular pile on top of his paper and then places the other pile on top of that, meaning that nine is second from bottom, and that you can see that with the way that the hands move. Very cool. Yeah, I kept an eye out for it, and you can, but obviously you probably wouldn't, because no, you wouldn't, wouldn't know which think, one no, to look yeah. for. Yeah. But yeah, it's it, it's just a lot of really nice attention to there detail. There you go, well, even I'm the saying, floor, man. Even the a floor, lot of thought put into this movie. When he was, like, skirting on the floor, like, that floor looked filthy. Yeah. Like, they put, like... It's a, pa- a bit of old gum on the floor. Yeah. It's like, but it's not just like placed there. It was like rubbed in and black, and like yeah. you were just like, man, this room. This room, is you, this room uh, seems is, shit. Yeah, and also you guys straight away were like, man, that room. Everyone's smoking. Yeah. You, I think it was you, Stephen, when you were like, that room would have the difficulty open windows, no ventilation, no. one fan, all it would just. Dink. Like yeah. you just dudes sweating, sweating in their suits. Well, they did have a, they did have like a women's bathroom. I'm like they were. I'm like the nah. women brought in for the lady cases. Uh, <laughs> you know, the lady cases. Uh, yeah. Twelve yeah. frustrated ladies. ladies. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, I liked it how like the thing that crots the thing of like women are so vain. Oh, yeah. She didn't come yeah, in with yeah. her glasses on. I'm yeah. like, we don't know if she would. She might wear reading glasses. Yeah. But you I know? just love like, that all 12 of them were like, just like, yeah. like, oh, we know how women be. Women are vain. <laughs> we can all agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. It, maybe that wouldn't be in the ring. No, that was that, a bit that, rough. That might be gone. <laughs> yeah. And rightly so. Dames, you see. <laughs> don't want to wear their glasses in court. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, that brings us to the score. And jurors, uh, mm. you may write down your scores on a piece of paper if you'd like and hand them over. Or you can just tell us. We'll start with you, Patrick. It was your first time watching yep. this film. Uh, what's it getting out of 10? I'm going to give this nine broken fans out of 10. Mm. It was great. Um, there's really not much I can complain about. It'd just be, you know, tiny, tiny nitpicks. Mm. But overall, it's brilliant. I love the, the runtime. So mm-hmm. It's discussing. Yep. One and a half to two hours is a perfect length for a movie. Acting was brilliant. So well written. Yeah, fantastic. Brilliant. Highly recommended. Okay. What about yourself, Kate? Yeah, same. I think the more that I've done this podcast, I've like, uh, now that I have to think more like the juror. Like before I'd go, I don't know, the vibe is this number. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> um, but now I like, as I start to do more of these podcasts, when mm. you brought the argument of like, what is it that you could change about this? Does there need to be improvements? And yeah, mm. you could have the discussion of like, it, you know, could it be done better? Could it be done differently? What if it was made now? But I think if it was like a movie made 
for its time in the 50s um, where I don't think there was one woman at all on the crew list. It was just like, uh, you know, there might be, maybe, maybe in makeup, realistically, or like, you know, something, but it's... It was a movie of its time, and I think how they made it, how they did it, I don't think there's anything you could improve upon it. I would say, though, to listeners, um, mm. in theory, though, you should have watched the film. But you know what? Sometimes I listen to the podcast going, I haven't watched the movie. Mm. If you're not a Talkies fan, like if you're not if you're not into dialogue-heavy movies, like Casablanca is a dialogue-heavy film, mm. right? Um, this is a, it's dialogue. It's all dialogue. There's no flashbacks. There's no, oh, is the there's an imagery of the train passing and the stabbing. Like there's nothing. It's no, it's dialogue. It's actors talking to each other. If you're not a fan of that, maybe you'll get bored with this film. Mm. Uh, but I don't see how. So I feel like I'm on the nine stage because like, is it my favorite film in the world? No, I enjoyed it. I might watch it again if someone was like, but not straight away. Like, again, mm. it was about eight years since I've watched it. Mm. But, yeah, it's one of those things. I think that's how, yeah. if I'm looking at it from that perspective, I think it deserves a high rating. Mm-hmm. Even though on my spectrum of like, I love this movie. I sit down and watch it. Everyone, it's great. It maybe would get lower. But mm. I think on a, that artistic merit of like how mm. it was made, when it was made, it deserves yeah. a high. Uh, you'll be happy to learn there was one woman on the crew. Oh! Uh Faith Hubley was her name. What did she do? She was the script supervisor. Oh, you know what? That was actually script supervisors. um, And I think sometimes uh, the editors and Mm. assistants, they were women a lot. Because it was sort of like a separate... It was making sure the grammar, making sure alliance, stage manager as well. Like making sure all the actors did their lines correctly. I also believe not to try and just assign mm. genders to random people i see in films from 65 years ago but here we go yeah. i believe one of the people walking out on the street when they're going down the court say, steps yeah, there, was a... there was there was somebody who was dressed in clothing that uh, a lady would be more likely to wear at the time yeah there was definitely they had women at the end where they were at the beginning where they were hugging someone because they someone yeah. was out of yeah. court and the guy yeah. was like hey Keep it down. It's a thing in here. Keep it like, down. Yeah. We could Keep it down, woman. woman. Yeah, but like no one had lines. No, yeah. yeah. But it, you know, it's twelve angry men. That's yeah. that's yeah. it is it is it's twelve. It did what it said on the tin. It did what it said on the tin. That's, yeah. yeah. Um, for me, I I'm gonna uh, we can't leave this podcast till we have consensus. So I'm also gonna say nine out of <laughs> oh, ten. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I, I'm gonna give it uh yeah nine um I'm gonna give it nine desk stabs out yeah. of 10 because that yeah. was uncalled for that was really intimidating and yeah also again i don't think you could do that with evans but i all i did like the fact that they took it away and then this guy was like can't you see was this knife one of a kind knife and the guy was like that is not the knife yeah yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah yeah oh shit like and the film is filled with those moments and they they work every time they come up i'm not like oh here we go another contradiction of yeah. the thing we believed it's like no it's been really well presented really well argued and mm-hmm. it still has impact, whether it's helping three pick apart his whole uh, thing of saying, you wouldn't just, you, you know, people don't just say, I kill you, and then he does it. Yeah. Same with four, when, um, you know, he has this one bead of sweat when he can't recall the name of the who movie. was in the movies. And everyone's been there. I'm there. You know, that. Hmm. And also, and then you find out when they go, he couldn't even recall. At the beginning of the film, you're like, oh, well, that's a bit suspicious. Yeah. You know, when mm. everyone's like, where were you? Oh, I went to the movies and yeah. I saw. It's uh. hard. And then, no, but then when mm. he's like, they interviewed him yeah. in the kitchen 
when it happened, you can see his dad and yeah. his dad is getting turned away, and also the police apparently threw him down the stairs. So they would have been rough, ha- and then going. So what movie did you see? I'm like, well, that's a completely yeah. That is a completely different yep. scenario yeah. that they that that gets revealed later down the mm. film. So yeah. it was they did those little reveals of what actually happened or what could have actually have happened because mm. you won't know. It, yeah, um, really if, if well. you were to pick a random number between say one and two hundred and fifty nine. Um, I probably might not be able to tell you what podcast episode we did. Yeah. Because this is episode 260. Let's try it. Just uh, number between 1 and 259. Uh, 82. <laughs> no, not happening. Uh, 258. Uh, oh, oh, I should know that one. Okay. Uh, we just did. Oh, was the one that I couldn't do because I had COVID? Uh, was it that one? Because you were like, can you do it? And I was like, I've got it might be. I could oh my zoom God. it and you were like, nah, it's fine. No, no, I'm under pressure. There's a single bead <laughs> of sweat. single bead of sweat. Oh, How I, theatrical. Also, I, I cannot liked... remember either film. Uh, okay. And one of them was two weeks ago. So what did we do last week? We did, we, did we, we didn't, no, ha, ha, ha. I think it was Nomadland. <laughs> so uh, you didn't murder your dad Oh, no, night. I don't know. I, so can I just say that guy, the, the guy with the glasses and the thing, I, in my brain, I kept going, because obviously this movie's been around and people make references to it. So I loved the fact that you saw the suit guy and you were like, oh, it's, you know, uh, the actor. What's his name? That was in, see, I'm doing it now. Um, you know, the from the, the advertisement show, you know, you were saying his oh, name. John Hamm. John, John Hamm. You were yes. like, oh, look at that John Hamm looking guy. That's who yeah. he'd play. And then mm. he's like, I work in advertising. Yeah, I was like, like what? <laughs> but also, like, obviously they would have stylized, you know, of the stereotype of an advertisement guy. But... But in my brain, that glasses dude, I was glad he was factual. Hmm. But the entire time I went, man, if you're an Indiana Jones, you'd be a Nazi. Like he just, yeah, he, he, had, he, they, like, he had yeah. that very like... Buttoned up. Uh, buttoned up, very yeah. like... Mm, like sort yeah, of. If, if film, film language is taught as they are the strict disciplinarians that usually f- follow fascist regimes. Yes, yeah. and, I, I, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's it was interesting. Mm. I don't know, but I think they yeah. were just like... And then he was like, my I went to the movies with my wife. I was like, oh, you're with married. My wife. <laughs> I was like, you're married. Yes, with uh, mine hair. <laughs> we went there. Anyway. Yes. Um, I mean, juror number four was a stockbroker, so... He was a numbers man. Oh, he was. He was mm. a numbers man. Yeah, and that's why that guy with the business got, oh, I've got a business here. And I yes. was like, I'm a business guy. Uh, episode 258 was Nomadland, despite my panic. I got that right. Episode 82 was Beetlejuice. So it, you were on it, Patrick. Was I? Yes, you were. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't remember during Beetlejuice. Yes. Wow. Isn't that... Oh, a... so you don't remember, huh? <laughs> I, I, I'm, not on the, I'm not the accused mm. here. I'm on the yeah. jury. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, actually, oh, that's right. Yeah, because I hadn't never seen it, but that's right. I do yes. Also, I know it's a fictional crime. And, the, and I was you know, pride, sorry. Oh, yes. no, I was going to say, because the one thing that got me, and I thought they were going to comment on it, mm. was because they never mentioned it, and then they mentioned it towards the end, when it was like, she saw the stabbing, happened through the cart, and then she saw him do it, and then the lights went off. And then I was like, who, who, how, if you're stabbing someone, wh- why would you be next to a light like you run off in the light i don't know the way they maybe anyway. someone turned off a fan and it turned off the light because <laughs> that's how that light. works in this film i know it was weird but anyway i don't know why but for some reason i thought they were going to go back like I thought how can you yeah. how can someone stab and then go oh and then yeah. run out but still wipe it down and then run out and get like yeah. you know um yeah. and again then i think that's where our like you know 2020 or you know sort of late 20 
teens to early 2020s brains kind of are like because we're so much we're used to so much true crime and stuff like that where it's like yeah. well she said that and there's no fingerprints on the knife and who did that it's like that's actually not important to this yeah, movie yeah I know it's not it's totally irrelevant I but know. to us we're like yeah but what if yeah true crime <laughs> yeah welcome to serial you season know what? four if this was, <laughs> we're gonna solve the you case you know what if there if there was one made today hmm. the advertiser guy you would find out is actually does like true crime podcasts and totally yeah, yeah. lied about or they're obsessed with it and like, like instead of an advertisement guy going oh that would be his yeah. that would be his thing where hmm. you'd go you He'd be showing. He'd go, mom. yeah, no, you're right. That is yeah. guilty. Oh, maybe yeah. not. Yeah. I don't actually know. You're like, yeah, yeah. It's you... my non fungible token of like uh, <laughs> they're, they're all made. They're all drawings of like Ted Bundy's victims. Yeah, <laughs> I'm totally into true crime. Yeah. That's that's what it would be. And, and then during would... and then at the end when Jury Number Eight's looking back at the room at the end, it's like. I don't know. He's the one who did it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was him all along. Yeah, like, there's some important piece of evidence that he like brings out to look at and then puts it back in his jacket. Closes the door. Yeah. Uh, so that brings us to the end of this episode Uh, Kate and Patrick thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Cinema Catch Up Club you got it thanks for coming to my house yes thank you for having us (laughs) it's nice to be in your house (laughs) and also um, you mentioned it during the episode but we're so glad that you're feeling better after your recent COVID spell Kate yeah I know. I got. I literally got my uh, bo- bonus back. My bonus. <laughs> don't, uh, my my third one. Um. Mm. Uh, and then I got. And then I got COVID like that the couple of days afterwards. Oh, so wow. I was like, what? Um. But no. Yeah. Good isolation. Vaccinated. Back at work. Um. Mm. Just yeah. So, very lucky to Indeed. be here. That we can all be here together. Yeah. And um. That's Until- why. We get it. Until, yeah, we <laughs> Until get it's it. our turn to yeah. do it. Oh, yeah. If yeah. you're vaccinated, oh, no, if you're vaccinated, it sounds yeah. like you'll be fine. Yeah. No, um, but no, yeah, so it's one of those things. Excellent. Well, <clears throat> uh, and for you, listener, wherever you are in the world, thank you for listening in. Yeah. Um, this episode is one of 260, some of which I can remember. Uh, but if you want to go back and listen to them, we have an entire archive. We can be found on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. Recently, we figured out that if you went to listen to every episode back to back, it would take you more than 11 days. More go. than a well, you know what? Mm. If you're in isolation, That's a good, yeah, hey. in, I don't know what the isolation rules are in anywhere else in the world, but in Perth, Western Australia, you gotta be in your house mm. for a whole week. That's seven days, yeah. unless you know you're, 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 yeah, seven days. You could you could listen to a podcast every day. Yeah, you could watch a film and listen to the Associated Podcast. It's a public service. I thought in 2017, you know, when the pandemic hits in a few yeah, years, yeah, 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 yeah. this yeah. is gonna be a real. Uh, help to the people. Yeah. Uh, iTunes, go. SoundCloud, Spotify, I should say. I'm on the Beetlejuice one, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Go back and listen to Patrick. He has so many memorable opinions about that film. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, we are also available thought. on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast for as little as a dollar a month. <laughs> Sorry, no, no, sorry. That's, that's all good. You're definitely over your COVID, though. No, right? no, 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 no. <laughs> I was just talking about it. I, my, it's a respiratory thing. Yes. I'm gonna. Yes, no, we're right. I'm gonna be wheezing for a while. <laughs> it's a respiratory thing. I swear. <laughs> respiratory. It's the Don't dam- have me over. It's damage. It's damage from the COVID. Yes. All right, I've got a moist lungs. <laughs> okay. Ooh, moist lungs. lungs. Uh, for as little as a dollar a month. <laughs> 
a dollar. <laughs> only as little as a dollar of the month. A little as a one hundred Australian cents. Yes, uh, when you put it like that, it sounds more expensive for some reason. But well, uh, it shouldn't. It shouldn't because <laughs> it's worth the same. But yes, for that you can get uh, bonus features, goodies, things like that. And finally, uh, we can be found on Facebook. Just search for the Cinema Catch Up Club. There, you can vote in polls. You can do all sorts of fun things. Send us a message. Um, tell us. I don't know. Which, uh, if you were going to make a 2022 version... Who would you cast? Who would you cast? Who would you cast? Who would you cast? Who would be your 12 angry men? Yeah, well, 11, would we... 11 plus John Hamm, because John Hamm is... John Hamm would have to be in it. Yeah. Could we open it up? Mm-hmm. Could we make it... 12 angry gender? people? Yeah, 12 angry people. Do you know how angry mm. men would get, ironically, <laughs> oh. if it was made 12 angry people? So men... But oh, that'd be good, though. <laughs> yeah. Okay, our, our remake of Let's 12... Let's open it up. Our remake of 12 <coughs> Angry People yeah. uh, that we're going to do. Yeah. Um, let us know who you want in there, uh, who you think would be good playing all those disparate roles. Oscar Isaac, he's just a good actor. Yeah. I, but I'm, I'm biased because he's so talented and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they have to be American. You reckon? Well, because well, except, they just, all well, except they, one. Well, no, they have yeah. to be American citizens because that's the only way you can do. Yeah. You, you can, can do, do yeah, 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 And Jason Isaacs yeah. can do an American. And I think, I think we keep the yeah. characters much the same. So you've got the yeah. one immant character. You got the French. Wherever. Was he French? Where, well, they, never sure. they, they never specify. They never specify, which so got, I do yeah. like. He's just hmm. he's vaguely European. Yeah, but they doesn't. But, but but they don't need to be. But I do think if we're going to keep the the, the the plot much the same, the characters should be the same. But their ethnicities. Yeah. And their genders mm. can be. I feel like if it was gonna, they would pick someone vaguely European. If they they would either go for like a Skarsgård, or they would try to go for um, the guy that um, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, uh, no, they'd probably make him the the the, the timekeeper. He always plays villains, vaguely European villains, oh. um, like Marvel, um, uh, uh in um, uh, Falcon. Winter Soldier. Oh, um, um, yeah. Him. Him. Daniel Brühl. Yeah. Mm, he's yeah. like, because also he'd be really great as the the, 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 broker, the broker guy. Would, yeah. Um, but, you know, I feel like they would try and pick. Well, he has played a Nazi in a movie, so there you go. Yeah, that's mm. true. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like they would cast the new immigrant character as maybe Middle Eastern or something like that. Mm. You know, that'd be quite topical. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, they would because it because the whole discussion was after World War Two. It was about like coming in from. Yeah. Um, or if you uh, like, really topical, they might be like Eastern European. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I don't know who who would be. He's getting becoming a bummer. Sorry, now. this is way too long. But uh, who would be your one casting that you would go? You know who would do really well in that role? Who would be the good old man? Because yeah, you were saying he was a really interesting character. That, that you... is what I was thinking. Who would be that good old man? And. I would say, in a surprise turn for the books, Bill Murray would make a really good um, oh, yeah, old man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see him playing that role quite seriously, but he'd, he'd be somewhere between Jura 7 and Jura 9. Like, young mm. Bill Murray would have definitely been Jura number 7, yeah. where he's like, I just want to go to my baseball game. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I could see him in, like, a role as, like, someone who's quite senior and people not expecting that person to be... You, you yeah. wouldn't expect Bill Murray to be, like, the heart of the film. I could see him doing it though. I think he's got the chops. Yeah, I I, I would want to go against that type of like because you know he's meant to also sort of be the unassuming. Like I wouldn't want like Ian McKellen. I wouldn't no. want like you don't no, want. No, he's too British. No, but yeah, no. but also you don't want like when people put like they go oh this is the 
old yeah. man, like mm. wise, you know, and it doesn't necessarily work. You sort of need, <coughs> yeah, someone. Mm. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. you can have these discussions and more Sorry. on our Facebook page. Um, yes, I'm just, I'm just determined to make Frances this. Frances McDormand would be good. Anyway. Oh, she. She would, but I'm determined to make this program okay, shorter sorry, than the film. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And we are dangerously close. Uh, so, um, y- yes, thank you very much for listening in. Uh, that is all for this week. So, until next time, the jury will now retire. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.